when somebody signs up to be part of a law enforcement force, they're trying to help people. The headlines say a police watched a man drown and did nothing. But what were they supposed to do? What would you do? I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. If you like what you see here, there's a lot more of that at BillWhittle.com. And if you'd like to hang around YouTube for a while, and we understand why, sometimes it's attractive to hang around a seedy neighborhood, you can just hit the subscribe button or the like button, and that'll encourage YouTube to keep you in touch with us. Uh, gentlemen, there's a story out of Arizona uh, that a, a, a homeless man, who they refer to in the news stories as an unsheltered man, and his his wife or companion were having an argument, so police were called. Uh, both the man and the woman assured the officers that there was no physical violence involved. Of course, if you've had any physical violence training, you know that that's probably not true. But in any case, um, the, uh, the police said that they were going to run a warrant check on the man since he was the uh, alleged aggressor in the situation. And when they said that, the man crawled over a fence and down a wall and jumped into a lake. The police said, you're not allowed to swim in the lake before he jumped into it. Um, and he swam for a little while and they encouraged him to swim to a pylon. He began to complain that he was not being successful in swimming. They, uh, they called a boat, the police did. So all the headlines that say the police did nothing, they actually did what they were trained to do. They, they called for a boat to go get him um, and he eventually drowned. So Stephen Green, uh, the question here is, and I suppose some of this comes up in the wake of the Uvalde school shooting, which is really not an analogous situation, but people are really angry that police didn't do anything to stop the shooting for such a long period of time before they finally got into that room uh, when it was almost too late. Uh, but Steve, in this situation, this is a man willfully doing what he wanted to do to run away from the police. The police, of course, are, have a heavy belt on with ammo and weapons. They probably have a, a bulletproof vest on. Um, are you, as a police officer, a law enforcement officer, obligated to jump into a lake to rescue a guy who's trying to run away from you because you're running a warrant check on him? You know, you made me think of an old, old story, but I took uh, a Red Cross training years and years ago. I think I was about 12 years old. And my dad warned me because he'd had the same training when he was a kid, he even worked a couple of summers as a lifeguard, if I recall correctly. Um, he said, you are the, the skinniest and one of the shortest kids, so they're probably going to pick you first to rescue the fake drowning kid out of the water. And they're going to take a big kid and have him be the victim. And they're going to tell him to thrash around like crazy, uh, just like a panicking drowning person was. And guess what? My dad nailed it. It's almost exactly what happened. Although I think I went uh, second or third instead of first. But I did exactly what uh, what they told me to do, which is you swim up behind the guy, get your arm across his chest, find that tendon and squeeze for all your worth. And it tends to take the fight right out of the drowning person and calm them down so you can you can lay back and, and get them to safety. I don't know how you do that in a police uniform wearing a belt with God knows how much stuff on there. And where, where are you going to put your firearm? What, are you just going to hand your, your holster and your, your, your sidearm to a civilian? No, just, I don't see what could go on there. But it's really not the point here is whether or not the policeman could have done it or, or should have done it. Um, I've, I've been getting quite the education from uh, Michael Schellenberger, who uh, is a guy about my age. He's running a long shot independent campaign for governor of California. And he started off as uh, fairly 
traditional left-wing California guy, but he seems to have taken at least half of a red pill in, in recent years. And he's got a series of videos on YouTube that apparently hardly anybody is watching. Uh, so after you're done watching Right Angle and after you've hit the thumbs up or the notification thing or the five-star thing, then you can go watch Michael Schellenberger's stuff. But he's done a series of exposés on the, the truth behind uh, the, the homeless encampments in cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles. And these aren't people who are down on their luck and lost their apartment or their house and don't have anywhere else to go. These things are 24-7 opioid flea markets that are subsidized by local governments. Uh, Schellenberger's people did a great interview with, with one guy who came all the way from some other state halfway across the nation. I can't remember where, because San Francisco would pay him 600 something dollars a month to set up camp and sell opioids and uh, watch, watch Netflix on his iPhone. This is how he describes his life. And the problem, one of the problems with these 24-7 opioid flea markets is we've got an issue that isn't about poverty. It's about mental illness. It's about drug addiction. And it's about making fentanyl uh, extremely easily available for anybody, including teens. In fact, this guy was bragging about how he sold fentanyl to these kids, but told them how not to OD. And he thought that was kind of his good deed for the day. Um, so basically what cities are doing, cities like San Francisco and Los Angeles are doing, is they're sending these guys they're telling these guys to go out in the lake and drown themselves. The police officer was just following the city's cue. Hmm. Uh, Bill Whittle, you know, it was not so long ago that the headlines were, were screaming, defund the police. And now it seems like a lot of people expect that uh, police should be impromptu lifeguards um, to leap in and rescue uh, homeless people. Um, are, are we asking too much of the police or, or should they be these kind of heroes since they're invested with such power? I will answer that question directly, but I've, I've got to walk my way there first. Uh, speaking for myself, I'm not going to watch anybody drown. I, I'm, I'm not. I, and I know that sounds like tall talk. It happens to be one of the things I think about a lot. I am not going to stand there and watch somebody drown. I'm an excellent swimmer. I've been on Santa Monica Pier and, and had little kids leaning over the rail. And I thought if that kid goes in, would I go after him? Yes. Would I go after the parents? Yes. Would I go after a dog? Almost certainly yes, I would. In this particular case, as I said, I'm a, I've been in my, I, I was swimming before I could walk. And I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to watch somebody drown in front of my eyes. It's just, I'm just not going to do it. So on some level, you can make the case that this doesn't come down to the uniform. It comes down to what's inside the uniform, who that person is and, and, and how they value things. Uh, and we don't live in an ideal world. But if we did, and as something to aim at, the question is, should a police officer go in and try and rescue a crazy person who's running from him because he's drowning? And the answer in my mind is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes, without question. Uh, LAPD gets a lot, of, uh, a lot of knocks out here, and they deserve a significant number of those. On the doors of the cars underneath the, underneath the badge out here, it famously says to protect and serve. That's their job. That's why they're wearing the uniform. That's why they have the legal authority to shoot people dead, 
to protect and serve. That's what uh, that's what an American police force is supposed to do. Questions about okay, the the gun or the or the uh, the, the vest and all this other stuff. I, I thought about this very seriously since our backstage show and while we were doing this, I, I gave it serious thought. I would remove the vest and I would remove the gun and I would leave them on the shore and then I would go in after this guy. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that's what I would do. And and for those of you who think I'm just talking tough, this is what I've done when I was the first person on the scene of four or five car accidents. I was the guy crawling into the car that's upside down with a broken glass and trying to get the guy out of there. Now, that doesn't make me special. I think most Americans are like that. I really do. I think most people are like that. I think you mentioned earlier, Scott, that a lot of the people who were criticizing the policeman for not going in after that person were standing there themselves and they weren't encumbered by uh, by bulletproof vests or, or handcuffs or radios or, or guns or anything. They didn't do anything. Um, I suspect that if, if a person in uniform had not been there, then perhaps one of those people might have might have acted. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll tell you this though. Um, we are we are heading in a very bad direction when this with regard to this kind of thing. If the police officer wasn't read, willing to go in there and try and save that guy, somebody else should have done it. And and what I'm seeing more and more of these days, Scott, are 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 American citizens seeing someone in either extreme distress or life-threatening emergencies, and their first reaction, instead of going to help them, is to get out their phone and start getting some footage that's going to go viral. If I see this again, I'm going to lose my mind, and I'm going to lose my mind shortly, I think. But nothing boils my blood or makes me more worried about the future of this country than seeing somebody in absolute trouble, some victim of some kind, and a crowd of people standing there, you know, doing doing this, yeah. doing this. This is is the end of civilization as we know it. And yes, I think I think if the police officer can swim, that's his job. That's my take on it. Well, I think there was at least one man on the scene who believed that the cop uh, should not, would not jump into the water to give chase. And that's the guy who jumped into the water. Um, he was counting on it. When he jumped into the water, he was counting on the fact that the police officers wouldn't come after him. And from the little clip of video I saw, and, and you guys weren't exposed to this, so I'm not, this is, doesn't play any part in your responses, but he didn't jump into the water and sink to the bottom. He jumped into the water and swam away. And so if you're a police officer standing on the shore and saying, okay, this guy's swimming away, uh, you're not looking at him as a non-swimmer. And you're thinking, okay, this isn't going to end well. Let's get a boat over here. And you call it in. I don't know uh, down to the moment-by-moment -moment decisions that these police officers had to make. All I'm saying is it is plausible for me, having seen the clip and read the stories about it, that a police officer would think this guy is not really going to drown and not immediately jump in after him. It's also plausible to think that this police officer followed his training, which was not to jump in with your uniform and encumbrances on. Um, I don't know how easy it is to get out of a bulletproof vest or get out of your belt. I've never worn them myself. But nevertheless, I think we have a tendency as a country to make rapid judgments with sparse facts about things that people should have done and, and you know, what I would have done in the situation when we really don't know that much about the facts on the ground. We think when we see a, a body cam video that we have all the facts at hand. We don't. 
Um, and I'm not saying that police officers should be beyond judgment. In fact, they are now undergoing an administrative process where they're going to evaluate whether these police officers did the right thing or not. These guys are on leave, the, the two cops that were on the beat at the time. Um, and that's all appropriate. They should do the investigation. And if the police officers acted in a negligent manner in some way or in some way uh, hastened the death of this man, then they should be punished accordingly. But I, I think that people have a tendency to look at police officers and immediately think if a guy died while a police officer was present, it must be the police officer's fault. My judgment is the guy who jumped into the water and was not a strong swimmer should have known that. I would not have jumped into the water. I can swim-ish, but I'm not going to jump into a lake and try to, to, to flee police officers in that situation. If I've got outstanding warrants against me, I still would not have jumped into the lake. If I had killed somebody that morning, I would not have jumped into the lake because I would think, I'm not going to make it. I don't know how to swim. Now, there, as Steve indicated, there's probably addiction issues involved. There may be mental health issues involved. There could be all kinds of aggravating factors. And I'm not asking anybody to go easy on the police. I think that with great responsibility uh, that they have comes a great deal of accountability and they need to be held accountable. But let's, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, give it a rest until all the facts are in. Let's mourn the loss of a person, frankly, grieve with the cops who were involved in the situation because their life's going to be a living hell for the next weeks or months going forward until this is all resolved. And let's just give people the benefit of the doubt that when somebody signs up to be part of a law enforcement force, they're trying to help people. And we're all trying to help people. And like Bill said, I mean, as far as we can tell, I didn't see any other uh, wakes in the water following that guy. I didn't see somebody pursuing him and trying to save him. We all have an opportunity to act on that way on a daily basis. We're not all equipped to do so. And, and I, for one, am not going to hold these police responsible until an investigation of the facts holds them responsible if that is to happen. And I hope if it turns out that it was they did what they could and they followed their procedures appropriately, I hope these guys get to continue with their lives and their careers with minimal disturbance. I know that it's never going to leave them here, but I hope that we will give them a second chance. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 